0: Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to preview week three of the fantasy football season for you. We're going to keep putting out our waiver wire show every week, this weekly preview show, our DFS shows throughout the season. If you want to stay on top of all of it and anything else we might put out in between, you want to hit the subscribe button below this video on YouTube. Or you can subscribe via your favorite pod listening channel. I turn all of these into audio pods after we do them as well. So subscribe, stick with us. We love having you. We appreciate you. Jared, let's start looking at week three and big story became Cam Akers getting traded yesterday. He's now a Viking that not only gives him a chance at new life, it also potentially challenges Alexander Madison's spot. It was Akers and a seventh round pick in 2026 for a sixth round pick in 2026. It's certainly not Minnesota saying, oh, we got to get Cam Akers. Yeah, I always
1: laugh when dynasty owners are trading like, you know, draft picks three years away you know that's what that's what we saw I've, I've never seen picks uh, that far in the future traded so yeah I mean the Vikings acquired Acres for nothing which was not a surprise because he you know had no future with the Rams um, so I don't know it's going to be a battle here of running backs that you know have just been inefficient this season uh, inefficient you know at, at times throughout their career you know m- most of their careers I think the Vikings really wanted Alex Madison to be their guy but he's just he hasn't been good through two weeks. And when you can get someone like Cam Akers for as cheap as they did, and Akers has, you know, flashed at times. We talked about it, you know, throughout the summer that he said stretches where he's been pretty good. And of course, Akers has, some history with Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell and offensive coordinator Wes Phillips from their time together in LA. So he, you know,
0: Akers should be pretty, he should get up to speed in this offense pretty quickly. No matter how much you believe in the guy or guys that you already have, it always makes sense in fantasy and in real football to get extra shots to, to have multiple guys so that either one of them works out or you have a fill in. If somebody gets hurt, we just saw Nick Chubb go down on Monday night. So whatever exactly they feel about It just makes sense to bring somebody in for basically nothing. Like you said, a running back that the coaches are familiar with. Anything can really happen from here. We don't know. So you can certainly project it however you want. And You might wind up right. The things that we know here, nobody on the current Vikings running back depth chart has proved himself to be good over a a meaningful stretch of NFL games yet. Doesn't mean they're not. It just means we haven't seen any of them prove that they are good running backs yet, real life or fantasy production wise. We know that the Vikings gave very little to get Cam Akers. They're taking a low level bet. That does not tell us anything about what they hope he can become, what they think he can become, or what they want him to be. We do have the Vikings facing the Chargers this week. So what's the immediate reaction here are you moving alexander madison down for week three at all obviously we'll certain we'll keep an eye out for any indication from vikings coaches about what the plan is in the backfield right again
1: i I think because acres has familiarity with the offense that there's a good chance he's active on sunday i don't think he'll play a big role i i did nudge madison down the rankings a tad i took like one carry away from him i i still like madison as a play this week because of this matchup and because he's just simply he, he's dominated backfield work so far. So even if he loses a little bit, we're still talking about a guy that's going to get you know seventy-five percent of the backfield work. And this is just a game we want guys in, right? It's a fifty-four point over under this Vikings Chargers game. So I would still feel comfortable starting. Madison as a running back too this week I mean by the time we get to you know week four that that might not be the case but as far as this week goes I still like Madison I think Cam Akers you're not starting him this week but I think if Cam Akers was dropped in your league he should be owned in all 12 team leagues and most 10 team leagues this was about as good of an outcome as Akers could have hoped for from a fantasy perspective right he goes to a a backfield with an unproven starter in a strong offense now the last Point I'll make about the whole situation is, you know, the Vikings are second in pass rate over expected through two weeks, which is what they were last year. This is a pass heavy offense. And part of that's because the running game's been so bad. But even if the running game improves, I think, you know, Kevin O'Connell wants this to be a pass first offense, which it should be when you have Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison. So, you know, that's not great news for the running backs. The other thing is, Minnesota's offensive line has been bad through two weeks, they're 27th in adjusted line yards. They're 21st in Pro Football Focus run blocking grade, so you know that that's led to some of the inefficiency for Alex Madison, and it's, it's going to be a problem for whoever's getting carries in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, it's a positive situation in that it's an upside offense that should score plenty of points. That means touchdown chances. It's not an upside situation in that the blocking isn't very good. You know, you said they're pass leaning. They were pass leaning with Dalvin Cook last year. I don't think that's a huge impact because I don't think that we really get a backfield split here, but maybe we do end up getting that. That's certainly within the range of possible outcomes. I think as long as you don't consider either of these guys worthless or, high upside options, then anything in between that is okay for how you treat them. I I agree that Madison is an RB2 this week. I am not as comfortable with him in that role as Jared is. I've been trying to argue Madison down our week three rankings a little bit. So you can check the week three rankings on draftsharks.com. See who ends up winning out as we get closer to the Sunday kickoffs on that one. Speaking of winning out, we now go to the Cleveland backfield with Jerome Ford And Kareem Hunt coming back. And I know that people are going to immediately wonder whether Kareem Hunt re-signing with the team makes Jerome Ford, I don't know, less valuable, shakier, whatever. Here's what we have gotten so far. Kevin Stefanski called Jerome Ford the featured back the day after Nick Chubb went down. That was before they brought in Kareem Hunt, but it was probably while they were courting him. And they had probably already talked to him some It's also worth noting that Kareem Hunt's initial run with the Browns finished in a rocky way. He wanted to be traded last year. He didn't get it. They did not re-sign him after the season. They could have re-signed him at any point. He was a free agent all offseason, but Cleveland instead moved on to Jerome Ford as the clear number two running back. Even while Ford was missing basically all of August with a hamstring injury, they didn't bring anybody else in besides Pierre Strong. And we saw Monday night that Pierre Strong, not a significant piece of that. And we've seen since then with Kareem Hunt coming in. So they like Jerome Ford. I still am leaning toward Jerome Ford being the clear leader in this backfield. Kareem Hunt is a bit more insurance. I'm sure he gets more than what Pierre Strong would have gotten. But he's not really changing my Jerome Ford outlook. What about you, Jared?
1: Yeah, and no, I think you're right. I think Kareem Hunt is insurance. So I think that means to start, he you know, Jerome Ford is going to get his chance to be the guy here. And Then if he stumbles, if he's ineffective, then Hunt, you know, could get in there. Because I mean, listen, I, I'm excited about Ford. I think you know he's an explosive player. We saw that on Monday night. But he's also a fifth round pick with 42 career touches. So we, we kind of you know still don't know what Jerome Ford is. Kareem Hunt, I mean, he was inarguably just not good last year for the Browns. 48 running backs had 90 plus carries last season. Hunt ranked 41st among those 48 in yards per carry. He was 35th in rush yards over expected per attempt. 44th in pro football focus rushing grade. I'm just, you know, generally not going to bet on a 28-year-old year old running back bouncing back from, you know, that type of season. So I I think there's still a good chance that Ford is just better than Kareem Hunt at this point. So Ford is still definitely the guy you'd rather have. He's the guy to play this week. But again, you know, like Cam Akers, I think in most leagues Kareem Hunt is worth stashing just because we all know how shaky running back is at this point with all the injuries we've already dealt with and, and all the, you know, ineffective backfields around the NFL. So, so stash hunt, but um, I still think, you know, Ford is the better bet for fantasy value going forward.
0: I agree. As long as you don't go out of your way to get cream hunt, don't spend too much. Don't drop somebody that's actually useful. Um, Because like you said, he was not a very good player last year and there was no explanation for it. It wasn't like he was coming off an injury or dealing with an injury. It was just an aging running back getting way less efficient than he had been. Next up is Kyron Williams, who has been one of the stories. Like if we didn't have Puka Nakua, then Kyron Williams might be the biggest fantasy story right now. So obviously we're starting him at this point you have to rank Kyron Williams high this week especially relative to where he started the year he's had two very good weeks dominating work they're at Cincinnati which is nothing scary matchup wise he's tied for the running back lead and targets right now with Jalen Warren by the way who we're going to get to in a minute what about beyond that you know the 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 near future and even full season for Kyron Williams are you just like sticking with him and saying, sweet, it's been tough to find somebody I can count on. I can count on this guy. Or is he like, I got to sell it before the dream ends.
1: Yeah. This is one where like, I think like theoretically he should probably be a sell high just because you know, he, he scored a bunch of touchdowns and just, he's 194 pounds. Like I don't believe he's going to either stay in this type of role or hold up in this type of role for the entire season. So like if you have like three other top 20 backs you trust, then maybe you consider, you know, seeing if you can get, you know, a huge return for Kyle Williams. But I think a lot of teams, I think you just ride this train for as long as you can. Like, again, like you said, he's, he's 10th in our week three running back rankings. He's, you know, not far off from being, you know, eighth among running backs. So he's a must start this week. He's a strong start this week. I think for most teams, you just, Use Kyron Williams and you know hope hope his his body holds up under this type of workload.
0: If somebody offers you Josh Jacobs right now for Kyron Williams, what are you doing? I would
1: accept because Jacobs has just as good a role if if you look at the underlying stuff as Kyron Williams does, and we've just seen him do it. Seen him.
0: He ha- he has the body to hold up under that type of work, so I, I would
1: I would make that trade. Yeah, it's
0: one of those that it's it's impossible to feel comfortable doing it right now because we've seen two bad weeks from Josh Jacobs and two. You know amazing weeks from kyron williams but we do still have to realize this is a third day pick who didn't really play a whole lot last year in a bad backfield versus a guy that was fantasy's best running back last year so might be one that doesn't end up working out for you but i think that's a good chance to take um relatively speaking we did put out our weekly trade targets article yesterday wednesday on draftsharks.com it's coming out every week on wednesday throughout the season it's including an impressive chart that only our guy alex can do you might know him as peaked in high school either from reddit or x so be sure to check that out if you're looking to trade this week, whether you're looking to buy somebody, sell somebody, or trying to figure out whether you should hold that player that's a question mark for you at the moment. And you know, when you find that player that you're targeting, either buying, selling, whatever, hit the trade navigator on DraftSharks.com to help you find the optimal trading partner inside your league and to build the trade package to make that deal happen. We're ready to help on both cases Moving on to the Steelers' backfield, we've got Najee Harris, we've got Jalen Warren, and Tuesday, Jared, we had Mike Tomlin after the Monday night game saying that Jalen Warren has earned more touches and that the team is likely to start giving them to him. What are you doing with that backfield?
1: Yeah, I don't think you can do much with Najee Harris, like I just don't think you're going to get anything, anything for him in in return for a trade, and I also don't think like the Steelers are going to go give Jalen Warren like seventy percent of this backfield work. Like I, like even this weekend, Najee Harris is still sitting in RB three flex territory, partly because the position's so weak already. So like you know, there's still some use for him, even if you're not going to get a return on you know your fourth round investment. Jalen Warren, you know, maybe there's still an opportunity to go out and 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 trade for him. I think you know that the Big play he broke off in, in primetime on Monday night probably doesn't help that. But um, I, I I would not be surprised if Jalen Warren outscores Najee Harris the rest of the way just because he is the more explosive player. He is doing more in the passing game. So if they're like, you know, splitting work 50-50 down the middle, you know, Warren might end up being the better fantasy play. So at this point, like they're, they're close in our rest of season rankings. They're close in our week three rankings. I think you kind of consider both guys like RB3s at this point, and we'll see where the backfield goes from here.
0: I think Jalen Warren's kind of like the PPR version of Tyler Algier, where he's not going to get enough touches to get you there every week, but he's on a team that needs him because they don't have a whole lot of guys set to make plays, especially while Deontay Johnson's out. It looks like Jalen Warren's the better passing game bet than Najee Harris. So that'll help, especially with a team that looks poised to trail In plenty of games. So I would rather have Jalen Warren than any of the Bears running backs right now because I think there's a better chance of him giving us worthwhile stuff. The Bears look like a committee that's going to trail in games and still has their best running back at quarterback. I agree that it's going to be tough to actually acquire Jalen Warren right now because I think you'd probably have to give more than you would really like to for a guy that's not a clear starter. If you do have Jalen Warren, though, They've got Vegas this week. They've got Houston next week. We might mm-hmm. also be able to to get some fantasy production out of Najee Harris in those two games. This team started out with San Francisco and Cleveland in the first two games. They very well might finish the season yeah. as two of the best defenses in the league. So we might have a slightly skewed view of what this Pittsburgh offense is going to be going forward. Maybe it's more useful. It pretty much has to be more useful than it was over the first two weeks. We'll see just how useful over these next two. I would say I don't like Najee Harris going forward. I would love to get rid of him if you can for anything, both in redraft and in dynasty. And if you do have either of these guys and a not great running back situation, I think there's a chance that you can just go ahead and start either one and have it help mildly over the next two weeks
1: yeah i'm with you i was probably too high in the steelers offense this summer but i do think it's going to be not as bad as it's looked these first two weeks again what i think like you said i think cleveland and san francisco are both you know top 10 defenses maybe even top five i know cleveland is second in defensive DVOA through two weeks so it's been a you know two tough matchups for the steelers to start one thing i'll say about you know for both these guys you know similar to the minnesota situation pittsburgh's o-line has been horrible they're 31st in adjusted line yards and they're 30th in PFF run blocking grade. So that's part of the reason Najee Harris has been inefficient again this season. You know, Warren again has that ability to break off bigger plays, which is I think important when you're gonna, you know, have a lot of runs that are going to be going for you know one zero negative yards because this off- offensive line just isn't very good.
0: And, of course, if either of these guys goes down, the other one is going to get a big boost because it's not a situation where some other running back is going to step up and split. It's going to be a backfield domination for either guy if the other one goes down. So certainly holding on to either of them. Next up, Jared, same division. Jamar Chase is an interesting case right now, and it's more so because of his quarterback. They've been bad on offense the first two weeks, and Joe Burrow has now tweaked his calf injury so it brings up for me not just for this week we'll get to that in a minute but jamar chase i think it's a time to figure out whether he's somebody to go out and actively try to buy or if it's a situation to i don't know just kind of watch how it plays out because we're nervous about jumping in on it are you trying to buy jamar chase right now
1: i think as always with questions like this it depends um if if i'm sitting at two and oh and just just you know liking the makeup of my team and thinking I can, you know, maybe survive even, even if Jamar Chase isn't Jamar Chase for the next month. Cause I do think that might be the case. I think, you know, there's a chance they just sit Burrow now for you know a week or, or two or three. I don't, I don't know however long it might be to get him back to hundred percent or that he, you know, continues to try to play through this and just isn't Joe Burrow. So I think, you know, but I think over the second half of the season, because I, I, I think, you know, this calf will eventually be behind Burrow. Fingers crossed if he doesn't aggravate it again or whatever. So I think over the second half of the season, like Jamar Chase could still be that top three fantasy wide receiver. So again, if you're in a good spot, if you can you know, afford to you know, struggle with Chase for a few weeks, I I, I think I would go out and, and uh, make a deal for him right now.
0: Yeah. So I got some sample deals because people have been talking about him and wondering about him on our Discord. I uh, asked our followers on X about it as well. So here's one proposal from Discord. Give up Zach Moss, Kyron Williams, Garrett Wilson, and get in return Jamar Chase, Alexander Madison, Dalvin Cook. Probably a proposal that was put out before Cam Makers was acquired, um, but it was at least the same day. So, what do you think, Jared? Would you give Zach Moss, Kyron Williams, Garrett Wilson to get Jamar Chase, Madison, and Dalvin Cook?
1: I think it's close. I'd, I'd have to see. I'd have to see if this guy could survive without Kyron Williams at running back. That's kind of the sticking point for me. I don't. I don't. I'm not worried about trading Zach Moss. I'm still expecting JT to be back with the Colts. If not, you know, trading Moss could hurt you. And I'm not honestly. I'm not too worried about giving up Garrett Wilson. But it's the if you can survive without Kyron. For, you know, for a, a little bit, I would, I would I would do that deal for Chase.
0: Three weeks in, we have to decide whether you can get <laughs> along without Kyron Williams. I agree. Yeah. I think it's a, a fine shot to take on Jamar Chase, but you have to be okay at running back because neither Madison or Dalvin Cook is really helping you out. Yeah. From our ex-followers, we got a 12-team Superflex PPR league. I assume it's redraft. This team gave Drake London, Cortland Sutton, and Jordan Love to get Jamar Chase in return. That's a deal I'm making.
1: Yep, I like that one for sure. Assuming you have you know, a second quarterback to make up for the loss of love.
0: Another one got Jamar Chase for Drake London and Sky Moore. That's another one I'm easily making in oh, yeah. whatever format. Yes, yes, for sure. And then on the dynasty front, we've got sending Ramondre Stevenson and Drake London to get Jamar Chase. To me, that's also an easy accept. Obviously, London's more attractive in dynasty than in redraft, but it's still Jamar Chase. That's a top two or three asset. Basically, any
1: dynasty trade with uh, Jamar Chase on the one side, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. (laughs) Well, let's end with
0: one that's Jamar Chase for Brandon Ayuk and Jonathan Taylor in dynasty. I'm still going Chase there. Yes. Very easily for me as well. So it's a, it's a good time to try to buy Jamar Chase. You got to know that you're probably going to have to be patient, but Jared, that brings up this week's situation. We don't know yet whether Joe Burrow is going to play on Monday night against the Rams. Let's hope that we know before we set our Sunday lineups, but I think even more so than for the quarterback, it matters for the receivers. How do you think our rankings will change for Chase, for T. Higgins, if we get Jake Browning as the starting QB for the Bengals? So I think how
1: we treated Garrett Wilson last week and how we're going to treat him going forward is kind of how we would be treating Jamar Chase and T. Higgins if it's Jake Browning under center. I mean, it's just super talented wide receivers with what's very likely going to be bad quarterback play. Jake Browning went undrafted out of Washington back in 2019. So he's been, you know, bouncing around the NFL for what, like, you know, five years now. Um, His first regular season pass attempt came in week one. He he threw one pass in in the opener. Um, And I looked at his his numbers this preseason, 6.2 yards per attempt, two interceptions uh, to one touchdown, 48th out of 68 quarterbacks in PFF passing grade. So, you know, as you expect, uh, Jake Browning is not very good. And it'd be a major problem for uh, Jamar Chase and T Higgins if he starts on Monday night.
0: Yeah, we really don't know what Jake Browning is going to do. Like you mentioned, he's been in the league since 2019, spent two years on the Vikings practice squad, spent two years on the Bengals practice squad, and then this offseason beat Trevor Simeon for the backup job this summer. Now, it's worth noting that the Bengals did not look to upgrade on that even while Joe Burrow was missing August with that calf injury. So that tells us that the team is comfy with Jake Browning as the fill-in quarterback. He was a four-year starter at Washington. He had a monster sophomore season that made it seem like he was heading for a decent draft slot. Just okay otherwise, though, and went undrafted. So we have to assume not a whole lot, but, you know, we'll see. The Bengals at least believe in him as their backup. So that says, you know, don't forget about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in your week three lineups, I would say. Exactly. And, you know, we haven't been saying to definitely bench Garrett
1: Wilson with the quarterback downgrade. But, that you know, I think Chase and Higgins would both land in, you know, wide receiver two, fringe wide receiver three territory or somewhere in that type of range if it is Browning.
0: Yeah, they become like Michael Pittman. Yep, exactly. So we're not saying definitely bench Garrett Wilson, but we are probably saying sell him whenever you can, right? We've got wide receiver 21 in PPR right now, tied for 35th among wideouts and targets, wide receiver 39 in expected PPR points. Basically, Garrett Wilson has made himself seem helpful in fantasy with two excellent touchdowns through two weeks to save otherwise awful games
1: last week was a perfect microcosm of what Garrett Wilson's season is going to be right he, he sees eight targets nice only three of those targets were deemed catchable he catches two of them one of them goes for a 68 yard touchdown which you know pays off in fantasy that week but he's not going to do that every week so there's going to be more games where he's just he makes an awesome play because he's Garrett Wilson and he pays off but there's going to be a lot of weeks where he catches two of those three catchable targets for you know 35 yards and zero touchdowns and he totally kills you so yeah if you can still get top 20 wide receiver value for Wilson I am I am still doing it
0: I might even do it for top 30 wide receiver value I would basically sell him for anything that's actually helpful not just something for the sake of getting him off my roster but anything that's actually helpful I'm interested. Targets is always much more loosely applied when Zach Wilson is your quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks that could stand to improve though, Jared, we've got Deshaun Watson. Maybe there was some improvement week two. What do we do with him going forward though? How do we reset? Is he still somebody that you like as a starter going forward?
1: I think he's going to be a fringe quarterback one going forward. And that's because of the rushing ability that he has reminded us of these first two weeks. And because I do think Cleveland's going to lean more pass without Nick Chubb. So that's stuff is going to help Deshaun Watson, but man, the, the passing has not looked good through two weeks. And you know, he did have the weather issues in week one. He faced a, a good Steelers defense in week two. I like him this week because of this matchup against Tennessee. You know, we, for years now, we've been attacking uh, the Titans pass defense because they're so good against the run, not good against the pass. I do think you, we'll see Cleveland go pretty pass heavy in this spot. If Watson's been your guy, I'd stick with him this week. If he doesn't produce nice fantasy numbers this week, I'll, I'll be very nervous going
0: forward. Yeah, I would certainly not dump him outright this week, whatever league size you're in, because if he's going to give us anything this year, it's going to be this week against Tennessee. So you don't want to dump him ahead of that. But I mean, if this were Texans, Deshaun Watson, he'd be top three, top four in our QB rankings. He's instead on the QB one fringe. So, you know, we're saying we'll see what you got. And if he doesn't help us in fantasy this week, it'll be time to go ahead and find a replacement in some leagues. At least to yep. find somebody else to have on your roster to start ahead of him or to platoon with him in 12 team leagues. Yeah, agreed. And then the Watson question brings up what to do with some of his pass catchers. So, are you changing anything with Amari Cooper this week? Are you looking to sell him?
1: Cooper's a whole to me, generally, I mean, I hate that he's already dealing with like multiple injuries and it's only week three with his injury history. Now, he did play and play well through the growing thing on Monday night. He didn't look limited at all. So, that was nice to see. I actually, I think Elijah Moore and David Njoku are buys, though. Um, Elijah Moore has seen a 22% target share through two games. If he, you know, maintains that. Again, for an offense that I do think it's going to pass a bit more going forward, I think Elijah Moore can still be someone that delivers for us as at least like a wide receiver three. And then, you know, David Njoku, I'm just still, it's been a you know pretty disappointing start, though he was okay in week two. Uh, but it, he did get up to a 90% route rate last week. And again, I think um, all
0: these guys are just going
1: to have to be leaned on more without Nick Chubb, the Browns best offensive player out for the season.
0: I agree that each of those two guys is a mild buy. I'm not sure that I would actually target them in individual trades, but I wouldn't mind including them as pieces of larger trades because I think there is some upside. I think the ceiling is limited unless Deshaun Watson gets a lot better Going forward, but Elijah Moore actually sits one spot ahead of Amari Cooper and expected PPR points through two games. Now, that's better for Moore than it is for Cooper, that's lower than where Cooper was drafted. So I don't know if those guys are going to be similar in terms of fantasy production going forward, but there's at least a chance that they are similar. So that makes more attractive mix Cooper, less attractive. David and Joku. We'll see. It's a position where we need fewer targets. We need fewer catches per week. So he's certainly set up to turn things around. There are plenty of people wondering if they need to replace David and Joku this week. Specifically. I had somebody on our discord ask if they should trade David and Joku for Hunter Henry. Now I'll preface this one by saying I think it was okay for this guy to make this trade because I don't think there's a wide gap between Njoku and Henry. And this team had like four Browns on it. So you don't want to overinvest. I think in this case, it was fine to go to Hunter Henry. But that was only one of the Njoku or Henry questions I saw. We've got that trade. We've also got a question of whether to dump David Njoku outright to pick up Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Zach Ertz. So what would be your answer to those two?
1: I like Njoku over all those guys still. Um, and especially this week in this Titans matchup. Njoku's another guy. If he doesn't deliver this week, then I'll you know be a lot more worried about him a week from now. But you know, especially that second question, if you have guys like Henry and Hurst and Ertz all available in your league, you know, that there's there's options out there. So you don't need to feel the need to make a move right now this week. I, I would give Njoku um, another shot in this matchup against Tennessee.
0: Yes, and even if everybody in your league starts snapping up two tight ends a piece, they're going to be available and trade later on, and that probably means there's some wide receiver or running back value available on your waiver wire because there just yeah. shouldn't be two tight ends owned on every single team in most leagues. Now, if someone does dump David and Joku in your league, you can head to the free agent finder on DraftSharks.com. Update your roster on there. You'll see Njoku and all the other players currently available in your league as free agents. You will be able to see who we would recommend picking up versus the guys on your roster. So the free agent finder, not only helpful for those waiver runs every week, but also still helpful for those first-come, first-served waivers after that, or maybe you have a second waiver run, or maybe you're just looking ahead beyond this week. You can check it all out in the free agent finder with any team that you have synced, on draftsharks.com. Jared, let's wrap things up with streaming defenses. We'll start with week three. And I mean, I think everybody likes the chiefs this week for the matchup against the bears, but they're probably owned in your league. 81% rostered on Yahoo. So who else do you like for a week three defense?
1: Yeah. uh, Cleveland, who we have talked about a few times here, they've just They've been a good real life defense through two weeks now. It hasn't led to many fantasy points yet, but I think it's going to start to, and it could this week against Tennessee, who you know it's a, it's a bad offensive line in Tennessee. You have to hope the Browns jump out to a lead and you know, force Tannehill to drop back and not just you know, hand it off to Derrick Henry. But if that happens, I think the Browns defense. Could have a nice game. And then um, my, my second target would be Jacksonville against Houston. We've talked about Houston, another really beat up offensive line. It's better when it's healthy, but they have a ton of injuries on the O-line. They have been throwing it a lot, which was, which is what we want from our defenses. And I, I was going through um, some cornerback stuff for my matchups article this morning, and all three of Jacksonville's starting corners have played really well so far this season, which definitely you know helps helps the case for that defense.
0: Yeah, they have three takeaways in each of their two games so far. Number eight in overall defensive DVOA. So I agree with Jacksonville. I agree with Cleveland. Uh, Looking ahead to week four, I like the Broncos, who were probably dropped in your league and many others after a crappy week two against Washington that likely cost you fantasy points. If you started the Broncos, they had a meh week one against the Raiders, and they're at Miami this week. So even if they haven't been dropped yet, there is still time for them to be dropped, and they probably should be dropped. But week four, Denver is at the bears. So they get that Justin Fields matchup that has been giving then they're against the jets in week five. So if you're looking ahead, if you're trying to get that streamer a week ahead, maybe you have Jacksonville this week. You don't want to play them in week four. I like grabbing Denver for the following two weeks. Yeah,
1: totally. And I like Denver next week and not much else as far as streamer level defenses go. So this is a case where I would be willing to just hold two defenses for, you know, the next four days, Um, whoever, you know, whether you're using Cleveland or Jacksonville this week, grab them and Denver can drop Cleveland or Jacksonville and use Denver for the following two weeks. I think, I think it's worth it with, I mean, to me Chicago and the jets are the two best matchups for defenses right now. So it's, it's worth it.
0: Yeah. I think if your roster is deep enough, if you have more than like, you know, 15, maybe 16 spots, it often can make sense to stash that second defense over some bottom of the roster wide receiver. That's probably not helping you because the reason you're keeping those two defenses is you're planning to use them the next two weeks. Now don't just stash a defense because you want to have a second in waiting, but if you're looking at those matchups, you're trying to play ahead. I think it's, a bit underrated the value of carrying that second one for that next week. So you're not competing with other people for streaming defenses on waivers. You can find those options and more streaming options in our weekly rankings on DraftSharks.com. We not only have rankings for the current week there, which you can find anywhere. We also post them a week ahead in case you want to get that week for streamer before the rest of your league is looking at it. And of course we've got up to date rest of season and dynasty rankings as well. If you're not a DS insider yet, It's never too late to take advantage of our industry leading content and tools. We are always here to help you win.